Hey dear, unfortunately we skipped the last episode because it's missing and isn't released, but hey, if you're listening to this in the future, we may have actually already been watched it because it's rumoured to be released in 2021. Wow, anyway, the one we watched today is The Tomb of the Cybermen. Wow! Mm. I wonder what's in this one, dear. I don't know, honestly. Okay. It's a major surprise. Like, there's a cliffhanger and I'm just, like, shaken. Honestly. Shaken. You're not yes. stirred? No, not stirred. Shaken. Oh, okay. No ice. So. Crushed. Oh. Ooh. Not muddled. Ooh. So what happens in this one, dear? Well, the TARDIS looks fucked up to start off with. Um, it Dude. looks, like, dirty and, like, I don't know, stuff. And there's a girl named Victoria now. She also kind of looks fucked up, but she's very proper. And her her dress is... Very impractical. <laughs> so Jamie <laughs> so goes. So she immediately gets out of it. So Jamie goes and gets her new one. Um, and Jamie's like, we should take off smoothly. And the doctor's like, excuse you. And then they swoop away. And. Swoopy. Yeah. And then we see a ship by some water. And we see a man on top of a mountain. And a bunch of people down at the bottom freaking out and yelling at him. Made. And it's a woman's servant, and they're looking for the city of Telos, and everyone is well-paid, and they make something really big, and they made something really big, and they need to leave, and then there's some racism, and then they make something go boom, and oh boy, it's an explosion, and all that's under the rocks is more rocks, but actually it's doors, and then... Everybody runs up, and it's like, oh, there's doors. Um, and the walls have Cybermen all over them, so we're still not sure what's in the tomb. And as yeah, one man goes nice. up to touch the doors, he's electrocuted and dies. And then they hear oh, the tar- no. no, no. So then they hear the TARDIS landing, and they see it land, and they're like, okay, well, let's go check that out. And so they go check it out and put the gr- crew at gunpoint, and they're like, wait. You speak English. It's fine. No guns, then. For whatever reason. <laughs> oh, my God. It's, do- it's more just like, we gotta, get, we gotta get this plot moving. Yeah, the doctor entirely ignores everyone. He's like, oh, what are these doors? And someone blames him for electrocuting the dude. And he's like, no. And then the archeo- one of the archaeologist dudes trusts no one anymore. And... He's like, the Cybermen died out centuries ago, and they don't know why, but that's why we're here. And everyone is like, "Eh, no, you should leave. And Victoria goes, what's a Cyberman? I don't like this place. And there's a bunch of shit about how the leadership in the group is having trouble, but they should listen to the leader and blah, blah, blah. So the doctor puts a thing on the door and it opens and everyone's like, no, but it's fine, actually. And... So they get the servant guy to open up the doors, but everyone's still upset, and then they head inside- Oh, I just realized that he- Okay, well. Um, they head inside and ignore the doctor's warning about being careful, and Victoria hates her dress. It's too short. It's, like, knee length. (laughs) Well, because she's such a prim and proper woman. Oh, oh, who could have seen that coming? Um... Everyone's Anyone who watched the previous episode would have... <laughs> Woo! Everyone looking is looking at the control boards and things, and there's the, around the room, and there's a, a Cyberman, and there's a creepy lady and a creepy man watching the crew and going, hmm. <coughs> and Toberman is to watch Jamie specifically, and 
everyone thinks there's no doors, but the doctor's like, yeah, no, there are. And then he opens them. And he's like, how did you figure that out? It's like, my special technique is my eyes are open and my mouth is shut. Motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Um, and then Victoria and the creepy lady and Toberman all make a party while everyone else splits up. And the doctor gives one of the archaeologists a chance to do something and he giggles. And a creepy... God, yeah, I'm so sorry. A creepy lazy lady and creepy archaeologist man. A creepy lazy? Yeah, that's what I wrote. I didn't mean to listen. I was gonna say D is next to Z. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Um, And the archaeologists find a big laser while Victoria walks in and everyone is being short with... I, I called her Vicky for a little bit. It's Victoria. And... Jamie is confused why there's lights here and there's no windows. And they're like, oh, yeah, this. And Jamie's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, Jamie finds a shell with eyes on the ground. He's like, that's weird. And the archaeologist with the doctor can't figure out much uh, while Toberman sneaks by to go outside, obviously. And the doctor doesn't want stuff to do stuff. And the doctor is given the notes about the, the... the, the control pad and he's like oh well you did this and this and he's like oh of course instantly and then he just solves it instantly because that's him oh good he's a smart boy yes the doctor is scared the cybermen are still here and vicky is just back in case uh, uh, back in the case again uh, because she found this like case that cybermen stood in and she's like oh i wonder what this does and she just keeps standing in it <laughs> Yeah, she kills um, everyone. Yeah. Then fucking creepy lady pulls a switch and the door closes on uh, Victoria. And she's like, oh, no, I'm trapped. And then the archaeologist is like, oh, no, let me go get the doctor. And Jamie thinks the caterpillar moved for a minute. And then he's like, oh, this is a control panel. And then they flick some switches and the far wall turns into a psychedelic thing. And that's a thing. And the crazy lady and, and guy are knocking on the door to see if Vicky is alive. But then he just kind of fucks off. So she pulls a lever to start the laser to kill her. And then the doctor comes in and he's like, stop doing that. And Jamie is now watching the walls and hypnotizing himself. But it's shut off. So he's like, oh, wow, that was that was weird. And then they start pushing other buttons instead of the other guy to figure out. And then they've gotten out Victoria. Yay. And, Yay, she's safe. Yeah. But then the main room guys are trying to figure out the hatch. and the, They think the doctor didn't give them the full code because he's scared. And then Jamie pushes everything but this really big button. So they're like, okay, let's try that. So they push all the things and then they push the big button. And it kills one of the guys. Oh! <gasps> and there's a big old... Well, okay, spoilers, I guess, because it's not pointed out. But it was obvious there was a really big gun that comes out and... Um, there's also a Cyberman that's wheeled out in front of the wall. Whoa! Oh, that was the end of the episode, though. It's a Cyberman! Yeah. Yeah, that was the end of the episode, though. Oh, no. Alright, so, you know the scene where Victoria goes inside that revitalization machine thing? Yep. Uh, that was a really hard scene for for the actress Deborah Walting to actually do, mm-hmm. uh, because she has uh, a massive bouts of claustrophobia. 
So her being sealed inside that sarcophagus was like kind of like hard for her to do. Um, yeah. Which is understandable. You're kind of trapped underneath a big block and you have to wait for people to let you out. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so this is Victoria. I'm not going to explain really that much who Victoria is, especially if the rumors are true that we're getting the evil of the Daleks reanimated next year. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, briefly, Victoria is essentially uh, continuing from the previous story, the daughter of. Uh, a main character from the previous story who basically her life got completely ruined by the Daleks and so the Doctor was like do you want to just come with us? You've got no one in your life anymore. Yeah. Um, so you want to just come with us? And she's like okay, I'm a proper woman. Oh. I shall do as I'm told. Um, uh, but yeah, so that's who Victoria is. She's <sighs> I have opinions about Victoria. I want to like her, but she has so many screaming damsel moments that mm-hmm. just really frustrate. Because the worst kind of companion to me is a screaming damsel. Yep. I it's lazy, it's sexist, and it's boring. Yeah, nothing is more boring than a screaming damsel, a companion whose only role is to scream. So there's a cut, there's a cliffhanger, mm-hmm. or constantly get kidnapped or attacked and the doctor has to save them it's lazy it's awful um and unfortunately it continues quite a bit but um Um, i guess i should say let's bring up that other thing we should talk about i'll talk about it a little okay okay if you want to talk about it now we can Um, it literally comes up in the first five seconds So, okay, the problem... Okay, this is another problem that that we need to get across. It's not in... The problem with this episode with regards to race, because Toberman, who is... uh, I always forget her name because I never remember it. Crazy lady. Um, Crazy lady, sure. Uh, Not Harry, not Klieg, not... It doesn't matter. That's her name. That's her name, Captain. Uh, she, she, it's, Toberman is her servant, and, um, he is played by a, I think he's, I think he's actually Jamaican, isn't he? Or I British no Jamaican? I, I, I forget, he, I remember looking up his career, and he's one of those actors that does a lot of things, and mm-hmm. because of the time he was in, he was, uh, you know, yeah. portrayed to certain roles. Yeah. Um, he's, he's actually in Doctor Who quite a bit, uh, so we'll see him again. We missed his first episode that he's in because unfortunately he um uh it, that episode's missing. But um, was it a racist uh, one? The next. <laughs> anyway, uh, also he is Jamaican. He was born in Jamaica. I was right. Um, mm. it was in the well. Okay, it was uh the Crusades. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a an uncredited warrior in the Crusades. Um, the Crusades is an interesting one that'll probably never be recreated because it's problematic. Um, anyway, uh, so he is a black man who is portrayed as a, a muscle, the muscle for the expedition. You have the smart man, the, the smart conniving woman and the muscle. And 
there exists a problem where it's racially insensitive because it's like one of the only one of the very rare roles for a person of color in Doctor Who which funnily enough the all of the evil the Captain and uh, uh, Klieg are also uh, people of color um, mm-hmm. or well portraying themselves to be yeah. um, Klieg has like got like a Cuban accent yeah yeah um, captain kind of the same she's uh, like i would say she's like indian maybe or like in that general southeast asia or southwest asia mm-hmm. area um british yes <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say um, that's like her accent she's trying to pull off yeah yeah whereas uh Klieg was like act, like born in cyprus like he's he's an actual like he's not brown face He's not brown facing, so it's like okay, <laughs> like it's not that terrible. There are worse instances in Doctor Who. Uh, one is in the next episode that we're going to miss, but is apparently being reanimated as well, so that's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of unintentionally racially insensitive. It's not like an in the problem exists where it's unintentionally racially insensitive because it's like okay, the black man is the strong, muscly one. Mm-hmm. who obeys orders and is called the servant and it's yeah. like oh this is a bit bad optics and it's like his lines are weird and he like responds weirdly and then you like look into the production notes and it's like oh there was they it, it wasn't a intentional racist uh thought going mm. into it it was purely a lack of thought about race that led to this because initially the character of Toberman was meant to be wearing a hearing aid and meant to be deaf but that was removed during production for one reason or another and it actually makes a lot more sense when you think about it with the way things end up in like episodes three and four with him having a hearing aid because of (laughs) like things that happen but the problem also exists that (sighs) racism in Britain and racism in the US are different breeds of the same dog yeah um racism in the u.s is a lot more like you have more outward sort of like you had blackface in the uk their version of it but it was i don't really want to be going down this conversation because it's like the difference between blackface in america and the difference between blackface in the uk is that um, they they came from, like, blackface in the UK was a lot more like uh, men from a distant land, that sort of thing. Mm. Whereas blackface in the US is... is, uh, (sighs) stereotyping and intentionally caricature... making caricatures of... Black people. Those living in... of actual black people in America. It's not like these are what the people in another country are like. It's, no, this is what people in our country are like. Mm-hmm. And it grew to be a different breed of racism. I'm not saying one is worse than the other. They mm-hmm. are both equally fucking terrible. But I'm just saying it's why, in this case, it's not a conscious racial racist decision. It is more racial insensitivity because they didn't think about it because back in the 60s, 
they didn't exactly think that hard about race. I guess... It was more... It kind of had more of an egalitarian approach on screen mm-hmm. of, uh, everyone is equal. Like, we don't... We don't... We don't... We're not racist here. It, it, it never got deeper where it's like, behind the scenes, obviously there's fucking racism. It's the 60s. Um, but it, on screen, it was always portrayed as, like, an egalitarian type sort of, uh... Yes, it, sure, it's 99% white people, but it, it, look, there's occasionally some, some people of color in here and there. I guess they're, my concern... They're playing roles. My concern is that, okay, he had his hearing aid. I get why he was acting the way he did. But they removed the hearing aid, and he was supposed to be deaf and... Yeah. I, and hate, that I, that... I hate that I'm going to say deaf and dumb, because that's how they kind of portrayed him. Um, oh, he wasn't and... really dumb. Not that kind of dumb. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean that too. I mean he wasn't. Okay. He wasn't really that. Like he he, he, he just it, came across as like slower and like dim-witted. So I was just like, okay, if they had removed the hearing aid for whatever reason, they could have just given him like a little bit more. Like he could have been more than just the stupid strongman. And that's what I'm saying. Like there was that disconnect between okay, we've removed the hearing aid. Like whatever. Like someone, the director or whatever, was like, I don't want this. Fuck it. Get rid of it. But they didn't think to then go, hey, maybe we should like change his character a little bit. Like yeah. they didn't think about the implications of removing the hearing aid, which then in turn makes it more racially insensitive yeah. because they they are accidentally veering a lot closer to a incredibly racist caricature. So yeah. it's like. It, it's completely unintentional, and I would argue still that it's like... I'm not saying it's not racist. It is incredibly racially insensitive. But I would... I I would argue that it's like... It... It's racially insensitive from a... Perspe- from a modern perspective, purely because of... Uh, neglect. Active neglect. Um... Like, I'm not saying, oh, well, it's the 60s. They just, they just weren't that, they weren't thinking about race, so it's fine. Uh, because obviously it's not. Um, no. But it's like, I, considering some of the other depictions of race in Doctor Who, and trust me, when we get to the 70s and we get depiction of Asian people, mm. um, that's when we get to actually offensive, like, intentionally offensive types oh, yeah. of caricatures. If... <laughs> um, it's like, it's like in the scale of, like, roles in Doctor Who relating to race to, to kind of, uh, point out and go, there's a problem with this. This is kind of, like, low on the list purely because there are worse examples. Yeah. That, and, like, because of the worse examples, I can, I can... C- I can consciously point to this and go, this was not intentional. Like, this was, this was not a, oh, well, well, black people act like this, so of course we'll, we'll cast him and ask him to act like this. Like, no, it wasn't that at all. It was purely a neglect to think about the racial connotations of what they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just be glad that the next episode is missing right now, so we don't have to watch two episodes that are kind of bad with race uh, because the next episode is in Tibet um, and has monks but yeah it's um (sighs) the problem with Doctor Who is Doctor Who's issue with race is a lot (laughs) 
it's a lot more obvious when you look at the seventies and their release, uh, their um, relationship with uh, Asian people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it gets pretty disgusting, especially with what I guess you would call yellow face yep. or whatever. I, I think that was the term that they used for it, for Asian face. Mm. It's um. There's a lot more terms a, for it, but mm. a white person being very, 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 very racist. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, again, it's it's purely this thing of, like, different breeds of racism, but the UK's treatment of Asian people has always been terrible, and it's a lot more sinister. Mm-hmm. But we'll get to that when we get to that. Anyway, now we've spoken about Toberman. Um, what else is there? Uh, what happens in episode two? I'm not giving you everything right now. Oh, well, I thought you, like, I interrupted you. It's fine. Um, so... Oh, good. There's a second dead body now, and it's one of the archaeologists, and everybody wants to leave, and the doctor's trying to figure out what's going on instead. And the doctor asks Jamie to repeat what he did, and he's like, okay. So they see the giant gun come out and shoot the fake Cybermen. They're like, oh, it's a weapons testing room. So they're like, okay. Then Victoria picks up the weird caterpillar shell, and the doctor looks at it, and he's like, mm, don't touch that. And then she decides to put it in her bag. Yep. Um, and then Toblerone has decided something, and Creepy Woman is a, has done something, and then Creepy Woman is enacting her plan. So everyone takes a seat to talk, to, and they're like, let's abandon the expedition. And everyone is arguing, but then s- someone comes in to mention, hey, the ship is broken, you can't leave. The, bro- the rocket will be prepared and ready to go, um, or is being prepared, and it'll be repaired in, like, 72 hours. And at least the captain, like, brought them food, which is nice. And, 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 and jackets. That's right. He was nice. Yeah. And Victoria and Jamie decide to stay in the temple, but they've realized that they cracked the code finally and they push some buttons to get the hatch open but the code is wrong and then we see the doctor pushing a button behind his back while he's trying again and then it works woohoo and then everyone wants to go into the hatch but <laughs> the women are to stay upstairs well, and then course. there's a whole thing about toberman going down the hatch or not and so the lady starts to make food and crazy lady tries to poison victoria and it's very cold down the hatch, and they find the tombs of the Cybermen. Oh! Oh, it's that tombs. They got Who could have seen that coming? I didn't see that coming. I didn't, I, I, I didn't see that coming at all. I mean, honestly. <clears throat> so, um, one man talks about waking up all the Cybermen, but he's like, it's fine. I'll probably just open the door with this. And he, like, starts fucking with some shit. And Victoria, of course, has been fucking drugged, uh, so that crazy lady um, clo- keeps the hatch closed. And Creepy Man isn't worried because, of course, the door should open up from the console he's at. And he just uses it to wake up the Cybermen instead. And they all come out of their Oops. tombs. Woohoo! And Anxiety Oops. Man tries to shut down the machine, and then they slow down. And then Creepy Man is like, mm and shoots him. And then they wake back up because he turns the machine back on. Yeah. Uh, Victoria's bag is beeping, um, and she wakes up and wonders why the hatch is closed, but then she has a gun pointed at her, and she's told not to touch anything. But then the, the Cybermite is alive, and it chews through her bag, and everything is logic, and the Brotherhood of Logicians need to put... Logicians, not magicians, need to put 
their power yes. uh, and abilities <clears throat> to use and Cybermen habit. And he thinks the Cybermen will help them. And the Cybermen are now being born from their little wombs while breaking through the hymens. And it's lovely. And oh, oh. <laughs> breaking through the fucking hell, dear. <laughs> oh, bullshit sex ed things that kids were taught. Anyway. Um, oh my god, I would fucking kill for someone to base a sex ed class around the two of the <laughs> If Listen, if you're Holy a sex fuck. ed teacher, please... Please, for the love of fucking God, use the imagery of the Cybermen coming out of their honeycomb <laughs> to represent birth. I I will pay for that, and I will uh-huh. sit in on that class. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was gonna say, like, I just wanna- I'm just talking about how breaking a hymen is never a fucking thing that happens, but anyway. Also, um, yeah, that- that- <laughs> can I just say, ever since I've learnt that- it's really pissed me off, like, yeah. <laughs> watching any sort of, like, any sort of, like, uh, anime that goes... Not even, like, hentai, just, like, any sort of anime that talks about... Because, you know, there's a fucking yeah. random anime that just goes into talking about it. Or any if sort of have, manga or anything. You're gonna break it's my like, hymen and oh, I'm, I'm not gonna be a virgin! It's like, yeah, it's, no. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's like, oh, oh, okay, they're having sex, it's an intimate moment, and then it's just, like, every single time it's like... They're gonna make a bleed, aren't they? They're gonna make a bleed. Yeah. Aren't they? By the way, make a bleed, aren't by they? the way, real quick, if you bleed during sex, that's not normal. That's not a thing yeah, that should happen. That, listen, okay, we're gonna. This is Deer and Gam's <laughs> impromptu sex ed class now. All right, here we go. Um, let, okay, uh, for those who don't know, uh, anything. If you don't know anything about sex, and the only thing you know is abstinence, or even a really, really shitty sex ed class, Mm -hmm. um, you need to look, like, even if you think you know everything about sex, uh, Mm -hmm. look look up some actual courses, because Mm -hmm. um, I can guarantee you don't know anything, Mm -hmm. and you really should know about, like, the biology of sexes. So, so real quick, I'm just gonna mention, the vagina is very, very stretchy. Okay, it actually adapts to most of the things that you put into it. Think about it, it like, and it also creates its own lubricant. Okay, think about it like. No, don't don't think about it like the honeycomb, <laughs> because they rip apart this fucking plastic on the door of the honeycomb. Don't think of it like that. <laughs> when properly ready for sex, a penis can go into a vagina with ease, and there's no problems, and it really shouldn't hurt. The first time, if you're doing it right. If you're doing okay. it wrong, there should be no blood. There really shouldn't be pain, unless maybe, like, a little bit of soreness that you're not used to. But, like, not, like, screeching pain. Oh, Here's my God. Here's the rule of thumb for those of you embracing sex or even just having fun by yourself. If you feel pain, stop. Wait a minute. Go slower. If you're still feeling pain, use lube. Yeah. That's... Or Don't just like feel take a break any for fucking a second. Aversion. Like take a break Don't for a second. Don't feel any aversion to lube. Let me tell you. <laughs> l- Don't feel bad about f- using lube in any context. Lube is perfect. It's there yes. for a reason, yes. and it's gonna make your night a lot better. If, yep. And and also, let me tell you, if you are on a date with someone and you take them home and they're like, "I want to do it raw," mm. tell them to fuck off. Yes, please use a condom because I can. It's not gonna be fun for you. 
it's not going to be fun at all. It's going to fucking hurt, and that's when you will bleed. Oh, I, I that was, shit's gonna I was hurt. gonna say, uh, you're talking about without lube. I meant without a condom. Just please wear a condom. <laughs> also, or obviously wear a contraceptive. Con- I didn't, you know, I didn't I mean? mention it because yeah. I always forget <laughs> that like it's not like the the, the default. Wear a condom, please. Yeah. Just <laughs> practice safe sex, kids. <laughs> this like, podcast got so weird. <laughs> Hey, we haven't had made a 9-11 joke yet. Oh my god! <laughs> what happens in the fucking episode, dude? The Cybermen are being born. The little mite is moving around. Victoria freaks out. It climbs up on the table. It climbs up on crazy. Later, she screams. Victoria takes the gun, shoots the little mite thing. She doesn't know what to do. And instead, she's like, okay, I'm going to put this gun down and go find the captain. And then the Cybermen open up a big old door, and we see a person sitting inside, and that's weird. They're like, huh, that's the leader of the Cybermen. It's the <laughs> controller. It controls all of them. And the crazy man s- says... What, what differentiates you, him from the other Cybermen, dear? He's got a really big brain. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say his head looks like a penis. His head looks like a penis. Put a condom on it. I mean, it, it does. It, it does. It does look like it a does. penis. It does. <laughs> it, it looks a lot better than what it looks like in future, though. Um, oh no! It, actually, in the future, it looks pretty decent. The fa- okay, here, I'm just gonna spoil something real quick for you. I'm not gonna show you the image because I don't want to spoil it that much. Uh-huh. Um, but they bring this actor back to play the controller again in about 20 years. The problem is he has gained so much weight oh, in the no. 20 years that, like, if you look at him from the chest up, he looks great. But then they show like full body shots, and oh, it's like, no. oh god. Oh, no. Santa's fucking... He, he he does not look... Actually, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to show you right now. Okay, well... Um, this is... Uh, so, mm-hmm. keep going while, okay. I, while I get... So, I mean, we're almost done. Um, The controller, he's the one that... Da-da-da-da-da-da... Controls all of them, and... Crazy Man, like, says, You have to help us! But then he's... There you go. Pretty much, like, gets strangled by them, and he's like, No! And of course it backfires, and... Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> The, uh, the director of that episode has gone on record saying there was not enough tinfoil in the whole of the fucking United <laughs> Kingdom that could cover up that chub. Oh my god. Okay. So, He's of course, it backfires and they're like, we're going to turn you into Cybermen. And then that was the episode. Yeah. So. <laughs> so now we're going to teach you how to, now we're going to teach you how to, how to do your taxes. Okay. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so what, once a year, when you do your taxes, you should put away at least about thirty percent of whatever you make. So every time you get money, put away about thirty percent of it. Twenty-five so, is also so, a good number. So then Captain you're going to be failing out of ten forty. So Captain, the uh, she was mar- the actress was married to Peter Bryant, who is the producer of the show. Uh, her character was written in specially for her by Jerry Davis, the script editor. Um, Fraser Hines, who was Jamie, uh, actually flirted with her on set, uh, mm. not realizing that she was his boss's wife. Mm. Um, he later realized that, that was a terrible mistake, yep. uh, but thankfully... Um, so I, I hope you have noticed, like, in these few episodes that Jamie and the Doctor seemingly have, like, a really good vibe between them. Yep. Um, and that's actually because... They're actually really good friends in real life because they worked on previous projects together. Um, mm-hmm. 
And it, it's part of the reason why Jamie is one of my favourite companions, because of the way he and the second Doctor vibe so well. Like, jokes happen, they, the way they, the, the plot unravels, like, when they're testing the gun, uh, when they're, when they're like, the Doctor's like, okay, we're gonna bring out the Cybermen again, anyone, uh, Jamie, go activate the controls to bring him out, but before you do, anyone who doesn't want to be in here, in this room while we do it, leave the room now, and Jamie immediately tries to leave the room, and he's like, not you, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Little jokes like that constantly happen, it's like, that's the type of humour that I like in Doctor Who, little, little bits of humour like that. Um, mm-hmm. where it's like, you go back to season one and it's like, bone dry, there's nothing funny there at all, and it's like, oh yeah. god, it's a bit of a slog. Um, you don't but, say. Yeah, you don't say, yeah. Be glad we never have to go back there until mm. they start releasing recreations no. of it. Uh, <laughs> Once we're done with this podcast, we're never coming back! Oh, you sweet, naive child. Um, <laughs> we're never coming back, damn. Um, so a lot of the gags that uh, Fraser Hines and Patrick Troughton came up with, like, a lot of the gags that happened actually were just the two of them just like, hey, you know what we should do during the scene? We should do this. And, like, a lot of the times they did it on set, like, without telling the director. So as they were filming it, the director had no choice but to include it in the story anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like they kind of hijacked the production a little bit. But the, the thing is, it works well. So it's like no one really had that big of a problem with it. Um... Uh, also, the uh, Michael Kilgariff. Kil- mm-hmm. Sorry, I have to roll the R here. Kilgariff. Oh, I can't roll my Kil- R's. Kilgariff. Um, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he was he was going to play the cyber controller because he's a fucking tree. Um, but he mainly was in uh, radio, and he wasn't too certain about transferring over to TV and like uh, working. And he was like, uh, when. Uh, when he was told, like, hey, you're actually going to be in a suit, and uh, you're not going to really have that many... You're not you're not going to be the one saying the lines. He was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, well, I'll fucking do it then. Because um, the way that it works, I believe, if I remember right from the documentaries I've watched, is that they would have a spring... A, a spring-loaded sort of uh, flap on the mouse, and then someone off-screen, or someone in the suits, I can't remember, it, it changes depending on the design of the Cybermen, <clears throat> uh, would essentially have like a what's that what's that um it, it, it's that that musical instrument that's like a uh it, the boing did doing 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 type instrument <laughs> you know exactly what i'm talking about yeah yeah i i i, I, I it's like a mouth harp isn't it oh that's it it's a mouth harp um okay. uh yeah, it's a, they would essentially have that type of effect on, um, wow, I did not know it was also called that. Yep. Jesus. Um, yep. Uh, uh, we're not talking about that. We've gone too many places in this podcast. Um, uh, Jesus, I need to, uh, so, um, they would essentially have that effect on the voice, um, where it's like a, uh, a modulation of the voice. Um, I like it a lot. It's not a, it's not my favorite type of voice that they have for the Cybermen. That's in the 80s. That's probably my favourite. But this one is... This one is equally good because it's so creative with how they do it. It's it's like... The thing to me is that there is no bad Cybermen voice. You have the the amazing uh, Mondasian Cybermen where they speak off-kilter and and completely off uh, proper verbiage and 
it, it's it's great. It's so off-putting that it's mm-hmm. like creepy. Uh, and then you have these one, these like Patrick Charton '60s ones, which are a lot more like mechanical and cold. Um, but also, while I'm at it, uh, you probably ignored everything when they were talking about like symbolic logic and everything. As like, yep. okay, some random sci-fi concept. Yep. It's actually the most realistic thing in this episode. Um, symbolic logic is a real thing. And they actually mm-hmm. drop the name of, like, the father of symbolic logic. Um, but basically everything they were talking about with, like, uh, symbolic logic with, like, or gates and it, with, with, with regards to logic of, like, this works like this and this works like this, then this must work like this, like, is basically the foundation of programming. Yeah. Uh, but, well, like, no, I got 60s, that. Um, so it's like, it's very weird though in this, cause it's like, it's treated as a sci-fi concept that's hard to really understand that well because it's such, such a dry concept. But, um, on top of that, it's, uh, you brought up that Klieg is a logician, not a magician, logician. That mm-hmm. is an actual real person. Uh, yeah. It's just a person who, like, is an expert in the study of logic. Yeah. Um, we'll get to <laughs> what he's a part of later in the other episodes. So what happens <clears throat> in the next episode, dear? <laughs> um, so the Cybermen knew they'd 9/11? be released. Of the... <sighs> <laughs> you just fucking melted. <laughs> As the podcast, everybody, I don't got anything better than that. <laughs> oh, okay. <sighs> okay, the Cybermen knew they'd be released eventually because humans are inquisitive and stupid. Um, and they only wanted its superior intellects to find them, so they made, like, all these, like, tricks and things to make sure that only smart people found them. Um, Victoria comes back with the captain and tries to warn them that the creepy lady did what she did and no one trusts Victoria because, of course, she's a woman. And they yeah. can't make a run for it, though. Um, the doctor and them can't make a run for it, though, because they wouldn't make it. So the doctor's like, I'll stall for time. And the doctor's like, why'd you freeze yourself? Why'd you do this? And they're like, we remember you. And it's like, all right, all right cool. Um, and again, gonna turn you into a Cyberman. Uh, so they start to hurt everyone into capture, but then Jamie escapes. <gasps> but, then he's, but then he's electrocuted and found. Oh, no. Oh no! Um, oh no! Toblerone is doing his best to do to fight a thing, but he's thrown around a lot on totally not wires and loses pretty easily. And then totally not the wires. the crew has pulled apart the dashboard to figure out which lever opens the door, and he's like, "Yeah, it's this one." Um, but creepy lady gets her fucking gun back and stops them. And Victoria screams again, and they're like, "Oh God, the might!" And then they grab her gun again. <sighs> This is a whole fucking thing. This and gun that... changes hands so many times. Every gun changes hands so many fucking times. I'm pretty sure everyone had touched that gun at least once in this episode. <sighs> Not the doctor, technically, but yeah. No, he did pick it up once. Oh shit, he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Every, even including the cyber controller picks it up. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, that the hatch. The hatch. Oh my god. The, the hatch opens. Yay, but it's quiet. Oh, no. So the, the captain goes down the hatch to figure out what's going on. But Victoria isn't allowed. She's a woman. 
It's yep. brought up like five times at this point, and it's really fucking annoying. Um, no women allowed, dear. <laughs> there's no women allowed in my secret uh, cyberbin basement. So secret cyber base. Logical creepy guy isn't going to be the leader of the new Cybermen, or he's going to be the leader of the new race of Cybermen, but only after he's altered. He's like, no, I don't want that. Um, and then they're going to be frozen and put into the tombs until needed. But then the captain throws in some smoke bombs and everyone tries to run away to the hatch. But Toblerone was caught and electrocuted and they're like, he's no. strong. So we'll, we'll keep him. He's strong. We could use him. And everyone's climbing up the ladder to get out. Woohoo! Uh, but they should probably close the hatch. But the doctor actually hasn't gotten out. And as he's getting out, one uh, grabs his leg and tries to keep pulling him down. So Victoria tries to fight him with a cup. So he lets go of the doctor to, in order to grab Victoria. And then the hatch starts closing in on him. Um, and then like there's a whole moment where he's like trying to bash through the door. And you said it was like an axe, and I was just like, it's just looking like hands. I mean, I it, it's kind of. It, mm, anyway, it's 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 it's. Uh, anyway, uh, the Cybermen know crazy. The people have escaped, and Crazy Man is at the hatch trying to get out, and knocks at the door, and they're like, "Oh wait, that's that dude." So they open the hatch. She gets out, and he's like, "I can still bargain with them. It's fine." And so the two crazy people are then put into the testing room because there's only one door. And the captain goes back to the ship. But now there's more cybernats and they're bigger and they're used on Toblerone for his brain. And then the crazy people are thinking about using the gun on the Cyberman to get out of here, of course. It's the one from the testing range because the Cyberman in the testing range had a gun. The cyber gun, of course, works. And uh, what, I'm sorry, what, what's it called? It's a cyber gun. Oh, so the the gun that the Cybermen have is called a cyber gun? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So he thinks with the gun he's going to be unstoppable because it's not like the Cybermen have their entire fear complex removed or anything. It's fine. Um, so they decide the, to send the mites after the other humans... And upstairs, everyone's kind of sleepy, and Victoria's holding a gun on the crazy people door, and the doctor wakes up and takes over the shift. She thinks he's old. She wants to know what's up uh, with her father, who's apparently dead, and the doctor apparently has a family, and that's kind of glanced over. Um, and then Victoria goes to sleep, the doctor takes watch, and then a mite comes up and just kind of beeps silently. Silently. And it runs into the doctor's foot and he wakes up and he's like, oh no, bugs. And then there's more bugs. And oh, so everyone gets around the control panel and puts down some cable around the floor so they can't cross it. And they electrocute them, I guess. I don't really, I don't know. He explains what Cool, it creates an electrical field that fries their tiny little minds. And then mm -hmm. he says, you could say they had a total metal breakdown. And then Jamie goes, ooh, that's a uh -huh. bad pun. And, and so all the bugs are dead. And the crazy people have come in with the x-ray gun and fire it. Wah! There's a scream and then the episode ends. Wah! Wah! <laughs> 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 Credits roll. 
that fucking music video with Cybermen in it now. So so when Victoria asks the doctor what a Cyberman is, and he's like opening his book, and he's like, oh yes, that's definitely a Cyberman. He goes, she goes, wait, doctor, what is a Cybermat though? And he points to his book and he goes, well, it's one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was actually just an ad lib because Patrick Trotton forgot his line. Good. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, it works better because it's a funny comedic line. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it's one of those things, clearly. Yeah. Um, uh, so, one thing to note, and some who like this type of story probably already noticed it, uh, this is very much a, like, Mummy's Curse style episode, um, but with science fiction, mm-hmm. uh, tacked on, as we all know. Uh, notes that I have here are like, Kleeg might as well almost be wearing a scarab ring to show that he's a secret devotees of the ones they're trying to resurrect, and Toberman should be wearing a Jalaba and Fez. Actually, Captain's mysterious yet exotic accent seems almost acceptable in this context. Her apparent lack of motive for waking up the Cyberman recalls the traditional female lead, who was an Egyptian princess in a former life and finds herself drawn towards the monster without knowing why. Uh, mm-hmm. Fortunately, there's no implied love affair between her and the cyber controller, although she's clearly got a thing for her, uh, her bodyguard. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's essentially Doctor Who's take on a curse of the mummy, which is funny because they actually have several episodes about mummies and curses, none of which, if I can remember, are like flatly set in Egypt. Um, oh wait, no, that's a lie. Oh, n- n- okay. Whenever Doctor Who has had mummies or, or like, Egyptian gods, which, yes, they yep. do touch on Egyptian gods, um, oh, it's boy. always, like, a science fiction setting of, like, actually, they were aliens, or, uh, actually, it's the mummy on the Orient Express, which is also in space, which is one of the only se- episodes from the new season of season eight that's actually good. Um... <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's, I hate that season so much, but mm-hmm. it's such a good episode. Um, but this this is probably the most direct sort of, like, Tutankhamun's curse type story. Yeah. Um, Let's open the yeah. tomb and go inside. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> what could we have found in here? Oh, no. Let's go find the mummies in the tomb. Oh, no, there's mummies. <laughs> So, Eric Klieg is from the Brotherhood of Logicians, an assemblage of intelligent humans who had an emphasis on pure logic. They're essentially um, a secret society who uh, were like, when the Cyber War was going on, which was the the war between the Cybermen and the humans, yes, Mm -hmm. that is a thing, which is an off and on again thing, uh they were essentially, like, on the human side going, like, hey, no, we shouldn't be fighting them, we should be joining them. Like, we should be more like Cybermen. Like, we should be more logical in our thinking, less emotional. Um, so it's, like, they're, like, the the cult that goes out to look for secret 
artifacts to try and resurrect their masters and eventually will get betrayed by their masters because their masters don't want them as they are. Uh, Needless to say, the Brotherhood of Logicians never comes up again in the show. Of course it comes up again in uh, uh, the Doctor Who universe, which is so extensive it's crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, It comes up in an audio adventure, uh, it comes up in like comics and stuff. Uh, but yeah, um, anyway, what happens in the next episode, dear? Well, you remember that gunshot? Which one? The one in the previous episode. Oh, okay, I thought you meant a different gunshot from a different Mm -hmm. episode. No. Um, well, it missed. Sort of. (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, but it, because it, it missed the doctor. Oh. But it shot someone else. (laughs) Oh, uh, one of the crew, though, not the doctor's crew. One of the like archaeologist crew. So he's shot. Oh, oh, so. oh. But we don't we don't care about him. Oh, oh, oh. Um, and then they open the hatch and shout down like, "Hey, controller, can you come out here? I want to talk to you." And all the Cybermen climb back in their rooms to save power, uh, while the rest uh, go to the hatch. And Toblerone and the controller are at the hatch door, and creepy guy is trying to bargain with them, and he's like. You know what? We'll we'll work it out. Um, release uh, the the Toberman, and they're like, okay. And you can <clears throat> you can fucking see the the fucking wiffle ball on his goddamn arm. <laughs> oh, I thought you were gonna say the wires. Oh, that too. Um, no, you can see the goddamn wiffle ball like glove on his arm, where that he's obviously what? a Cyberman at this point. I... Yeah, you can see it, but and it's. Like... it's... It's a dumb plot thing where it's like, how did they not notice? But it's also like, also if this you hadn't, this entire episode is cheesy and corny. Also, if you hadn't seen it, you would have. It's obvious that that's what they do. <laughs> Again, this episode is very cheesy, very mm-hmm. corny, and there's a lot wrong with it. So the crazy man, like, I want to conquest Earth, and the, and the controller's like, I got you. Let me go power up, and he's like, cool, go. Um. And then the crew, the, the the doctor's crew, is sent in with him to the doctor. The doctor is sent in with him so that they don't do anything except Victoria, because she's a girl. And yes. Tolbrone is not listening to anyone anymore. So crazy lady's like, "Why aren't you doing these things?" And the doctor is talking to controller, uh, and because the controller is trying to climb into the thing to power up, but he's like running out of battery as he does it. And so they help him into the case because he's weak, and the doctor starts pulling switches and close the door. So they're like, okay, so we've locked the Cybermen in this case. Cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Victoria starts to talk to Crazy Guy and says there's another weapon in the room with the doctor, and he's like, oh, we should go get that. But then, like, no, let's wait. And so that's ruined. The Cyberman case now is smoking, though, um, and then powers down. And the doctor's like, it's okay, he's locked in there. And then he just, like, punches through it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> and it's so. not just like he punches through it. He punches through it and you visibly see the ropes just drop. Like, yeah. instantly. It's, yep. it's so comedic. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the controller does some mental wavy dues to talk to Tolberone. And the crazy people are sitting at the table and they just kind of set the gun down behind them. And they're like, we're going to make the world better. 
And then Toblerone comes over and just fucking straight up, like, tries to murder crazy man and woman. Um, so there's that. And the controller and crew have gotten out of the room that they were in. And they want to open up the... I said tomb. God damn it. It, it is a tomb. They want to open up the hatch. They want to um, open up that tomb. Yeah. And crazy lady doesn't want to do it. So controller is just like, move. And, like, pulls it for her. But then crazy lady pulls it again and pulls a gun on him. But then she, like, shoots him, and it doesn't fucking do anything, because he's a fucking cyber. Oh. Um, oh. And then she's electrocuted. Oh. So, I had an idea of what was going to happen. I was very wrong. <laughs> because they set up that whole other room with, like, this big-ass gun sort of thing. I thought they were going to lead the controller in there and surprise him by hitting the big red button and shooting him with the big gun. That didn't happen. Um, Toblerone, though, is reasoned with somewhat, and he's like, hey, you should go help them. And then there's, like, See? this whole fight by the hatch, and mm -hmm. the controller is lifted up and thrown into the hatch, but now the hatch needs to be closed. What were you saying? I was I was just going to say, you. they would have done that with the gun, except for the fact that this is only four episodes long. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it was six episodes long, I can guarantee, yes, that's probably what they would have done. Mm -hmm. um, so, Jamie then fires the cyber gun at the Cyberman coming out, and he vapes some, so there's no more coming through. He fires and... the Digigun at the Digimon? Yes, and then he vapes. He vapes. He vapes. Yeah. He fucking vapes. He does. He vapes like an Xbox going haywire. Haha. Ha. Ha. <laughs> it was fake. Anyway. He read uh, Yeah. No, I meant the new ones where they blew vape smoke into the fucking Xbox. Oh, yeah. I forgot that that's a thing that existed. <laughs> yes. That happened like last week. So he asked Toblerone to go fucking help them destroy the Cybermen. And he's like, yeah, sure. And then Crazy Man picks up the fucking gun from the floor Again, because no one is smart enough to remove this gun from the situation and goes into the hatch. Yes, the situation. Goddamn. Yes. And I was upset that I was wrong about what happens. And the doctor goes back to freeze the Cybermen and Crazyman's like, no stop. And then Jamie also snuck in behind them that I saw like very obviously. And then everyone's held at gunpoint. Again. No. <sighs> And then there's that scene from Twitter that Gam really loves about Klig being the all-powerful. and It's such a good scene. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a scene of Klieg, like, very clearly has, like, lost... He's not being reasoned with, but, like, the entire time the Doctor has been, like, trying to reason with him and be like, Dude, you cannot control the Cybermen. Why are you mm -hmm. trying this? We need to get out of here. But every time Klieg's like, No, I can do this! And so the Doctor's like, I wonder, like, how far gone he is. So he's like, no, you're right. With the Cybermen, you could control the world. Like, you could shape the world to your will. Like, there's no one on Earth who would dare oppose you. Everyone would want to be like you, Kleeg the All-Powerful. And then Kleeg's just like, yeah. 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 And then the Doctor just goes, oh, now I know you're crazy. I just wanted to make sure. Mm-hmm. And um, then Kleeg, for, like, three frames, has this face of just, like, Oh, yeah. Like I thought we were friends. Uh... I thought we were fam. Mhm. Mm I thought you were my fam, fam. Um, Captain is back, by the way. 
Um, and he's like, ship's good to go. Where is everybody? They're like, they're in the hatch. And then we cut back to the doctor and tells him, you know what? Go ahead. Kill us. But then he's like, mm, I don't think so. I'm going to leave you for the Cybermen. Uh, but then the Cybermen just straight up strangle him and he's killed. Yep. So there's that. Um, and, yep. But then Tolbron starts to fight the Cybermen. Um, and the doctor yep. starts to freeze everything again. And Tolbron rips the chest off of one of the Cybermen and he fire extinguishers everywhere. And... Yep. The Cybermen are frozen again, hopefully forever. The Doctor's like, let's close the hatch. And the Doctor is going to re-electrify the main doors, the hatch, the control panel, so that nothing, like, gets out. And Victoria's a woman, so she should leave, but everybody else is going, and Jamie's like, nah, I should stay. Um, and the controller is awake, actually, and coming after them now. So they shut the doors um, to start doing everything, and we see that a mite has gotten out. So there's that. And they're like, oh no, how will we shut the doors? They're going to electrocute us. So then Tolbaron is there and he's like, I'll do it. And he closes the doors and he electrocutes himself and then he's dead. But also the controller is dead. So everybody's like, cool, yay, let's leave. Um, so that's the end of the Cybermen, right? They're, you're never going to see them again. Haha, <laughs> because the doctor doesn't like predicting. He's like, yeah, I don't know. And then yeah, they leave. And then we see the might. And then we see Tolbaron's arm is still part Cybermen. So it's possible to still have a Cyberman. Oh, no! And... And... It's all over, isn't it? Isn't it over? Yeah. So, you know the Cybermans? Yeah. Some of them were remote controlled. Some of them were pull-and-go, like, pull-back-and-go designs where it's like a wind-up toy. Um, It's been noted that on set, uh, during breaks and stuff, uh, the controllers of the remote control ones would chase uh, Deborah Walting, who played Victoria. They would uh, <laughs> use them to chase her around the set. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Just to have a little bit of fun. Mm. Um, so this is this is the most... This is the episode that when people are like, I want to watch 60s Doctor Who, what should, like, what should I watch? I always point to this episode. It's four episodes long. It's kind of emblematic of like the best parts of the 60s Doctor Who, where it's like... It's got the little bouts of humour. It's got the the companion interaction. It's got the Doctor being a little shit. Um, and it's got a, an absolutely campy villain who's just completely brain dead. Yeah. Um, uh, it's also a lot of other people's episode that they would say is emblematic of the, of the 60s. Uh, when fans had to choose an episode to represent Patrick Troughton's era for the 40th anniversary, they chose this one. This one was what was rebroadcast. Re um, and it's such a popular episode that when they initially thought the episode was lost in 1978 or 1976 as well, but it doesn't matter. Um, uh, but then they discovered... Uh, 16mm black and white recordings, tele-recordings from Hong Kong Television Company, returned them back in 1991. Uh, when they discovered that and released it on VHS, uh, they recorded a special introduction by the director of it, uh, released it in 1992 in May, and within the first week of it being sold, it outsold Silence of the Lambs. That's mm. how fucking popular it was. Mm -hmm. um, it's also uh, Matt Smith's favourite Doctor Who one of his favourite Doctor Who episodes who played the 11th Doctor um, mm. it also apparently outsold Aliens on VHS but that one I'm not entirely certain on too much 
Mm-hmm. Um, I think that one was just anecdotal. Um, but yeah, it's a very emblematic episode that I really, really like and is a, a good non-committal. It's not like a, some of my other favorites that are like six or eight episodes long. Mm-hmm. So how much did you hate it? I didn't hate it, but I was kind of bored with it. Why? Really? Because it was just, it felt like a lot of the same notes again and again and again. Like, person has gun, person loses gun, person has gun, person loses gun, person has gun, person loses gun. Cybermen awake, now they're not. Cybermen awake, now they're not. It's just kind of like, I don't know. So used to with Americans, where someone has a gun, they shoot immediately. No, fucking... (laughs) But I know to take a gun away from someone and put it in a place that they can't get it back, for fuck's sake. These are British. I don't give a shit, Gam. Regardless, I... Like a... What would you rate it? Six, seven. Seven it is. Alright. <laughs> I, I don't know, I just, like, I was kind of bored. Like, I understand why it's your favorite, I understand why a lot of, a lot of people liked it, but I was just kind of bored. So, uh, would it impress you to tell you that the shot of the Cybermen breaking out of their tombs was all one take? It was... Yeah. Are you, Wait, are you saying it was played in reverse when they went back in? Uh, how did you know that? No. No. Whoa! It I totally wasn't just reverse footage. I couldn't even tell. Wow, that was loud. Thanks, dear. <laughs> I hope I blew my fucking microphone out for you. I can guarantee you did. <laughs> oh, okay, uh, fuck me. Um, yeah. So, the next episode is The Abominable Snowman. Unfortunately, we miss it. Because <laughs> it's a missing episode. So instead, we go to the episode after. The Ice Warriors. Uh, a particularly kind of iconic episode, um, but it, an interesting one, uh, nonetheless, a very, very fun type episode with a fun type story, uh, definitely not about climate change. Anyway, uh, so we'll see you next time for that, or mm-hmm. if you're watching this in recording order, uh, in episode order... You're probably going to be listening to the Abominable Snowman first. I didn't really think this out in the future of, like, how that's going to work. So, I'm sorry, anyone who's listening to this in the future. If you are, don't. Hey. Hey, future. Hey, future us. How's life? Has it gotten any better? Don't forget to leave a comment if our sex ed tips help you out. I mean, how's your sex life going, future us? How's your sex life? Yeah. Have has the podcast become viral yet? Have, <laughs> Shut up. Have have we made millions doing absolutely nothing? Yeah. yeah. I sure has, hope so. What has are your Barry d- killed us <laughs> yet? <laughs> or Barry, fired us? <laughs> yeah, has Barry fired and killed us yet? <laughs> Maybe not uh, in that order. No, he would kill us and then fire us. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gam, what are your wishes for the future? Wishes. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't. 
a pop tart that never dies. Okay, so future us, does Australia have better flavor pop tarts yet? Let us know. <laughs> I know what your wish is. <laughs> anyway, okay. Goodbye. Wait, when is this releasing before or after Thanksgiving? <laughs> after Thanksgiving. Okay, never mind. Goodbye. I hope you enjoyed our Thanksgiving episode of the movie podcast. <laughs> That we, oh, we totally have already done that. Yep. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>